Another week, another Football Tailgaters podcast where we go over hot topics in the NFL. Let me introduce ourselves, starting with our Jets fan, Yams, Andy, the unbiased fan in the group, and myself, Aaron. I'm a Cowboys fan. All right, so let's unpack week 11. Uh, we are recording this on a Sunday, so the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs and Eagles game hasn't happened yet. This is all for, you know, holiday reasons. But anyways, we're going to get into some multiple topics for today. Of course, as always, weekly biggest surprises and disappointments. We got some talk about Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns and their situation. The Jets as well after their loss with the Bills. Cincinnati Bengals and the Joe Burrow injury. He's done for the rest of the season. And some extra stuff to talk about with the Chargers and the head coaching position with Brandon Staley. And a little bit more about the Jets. We'll dive deeper in with that. And as always, we're going to end up with our fantasy updates and the Week 12 picks. All right, guys. So let's start with weekly biggest disappointment for Week 11. What is that for you guys? My biggest disappointment is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were getting their groove on throughout the weeks, and then you lose against a rookie, Thompson Robinson of the Cleveland Browns. It's just really unacceptable. I'm a big fan of Coach Tomlin, but when you struggle this much, I mean, what are you going to do? You're just going to get maybe into that wild card spot, maybe not, and then just lose. I just, it gives me a bad taste in my mouth. Big ol' surprise for me. The Jets made the list again. I'm ready to blow it up. Fire Salah, fire Joe Douglas. Everything's on them. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers retires. I'm done. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers here and the whole organization that it seems kind of dysfunctional, but I'm going to aim it down specifically with the head coaching position. We are going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, but they are sitting last in the AFC West, four and six, with the Las Vegas Raiders with their interim head coach, who seems to be pretty good. Five and six sitting up there. So they are dead last. And it's not going to get any easier with them after losing against the Packers, right? And they've had some rough games in the past as well. And they did hire Kellen Moore. And their offensive struggles tend to be there every now and then. Defensive issues are there. Of course, we had that injury with Joey Bosa, right? That hurt. And, you know, the whole debacle about the the interview that Staley had you know that's a whole other thing he's in the hot seat so I I'm so disappointed in them they are such a stacked team and for them to not be able to at least fight for a number two spot in the division is sad let's start with weekly biggest surprise now weekly biggest surprise for week 11 what is that one for me is the Denver Denver Broncos. They've won already two games in a row, and they beat the Vi- Minnesota Vikings. So their chances of making the playoffs has just become a little bit more realistic. Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions is for me. I mean, Detroit, Lo- uh, the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff, he had three interceptions, hearing the boos of the crowd, and then coming back and beating the Chicago Bears. This is the first time that they've been an 8-2 and two teams since 1962. So kudos to them. I'm going with the division leaders in the AFC South, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And why? Because of what happened to them last week, 34-3 to against the San Francisco 49ers. The Jacksonville lost to them. It was completely embarrassing. And they've had some issues with trying to get some chemistry going on with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. And they absolutely showed out. 
right? Calvin Ridley went over 100 yards, two touchdowns, and Trevor Lawrence did a pretty good job. Etienne didn't have an amazing day, right? But they were able to get the job done against a divisional opponent with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it's, you know, three and seven, whatever. But it's still a divisional game, so you got to give it to them after an embarrassing loss. Good for them. Let's start with our main topics now. We'll jump over to that. We'll go a little bit quickly. Um, But first, let's start with the Cleveland Browns. So, right, we had that whole situation with Deshaun Watson. He's out for the rest of the year. Um, There's a lot to kind of, I guess, analyze here in in their situation for the Browns. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. Should the Cleveland Browns move on from Deshaun Watson? They can't move on from Deshaun Watson without taking too much heat. Yes, he hasn't played to the amount that he is being paid. Unfortunately, he is down down with an injury. For the sake of his level of play, he hasn't. I guess they kind of they took a little. They took a break or a little bit of heat off them because he wasn't playing well. I don't know if it's rust. I don't know if it's just a quarterback or just the curse of being the Browns. I'm with you. I don't think they can move on from from Deshaun Watson. He, the Cleveland Browns did a Cleveland Browns move by giving him a guaranteed contract of around $230 million. You're stuck with him. Re- regardless if he is injured or not, you're stuck with him. I don't think any other team is going to want to eat some of that contract. The next couple of years is a big payday for him. So you're just going to have to ride with him until, I don't know, three years maybe? They should definitely stick with him. They shouldn't move on from him because he won't be... Uh, an unrestricted free agent until I think it's 2027 so he's got some time right Um, and he's got obviously the guarantee stuff with the salary and you can always you know I, I, I feel like with what happened with him last year it wasn't really you know I guess fully fair to um, analyze the situation with him in the Cleveland Browns but they did mess up by giving like getting giving him the like an absurd amount of money first of all but what I'm trying to say is you can still kind of figure it out because yeah he did have an injury he did work it out I guess and then it just came back right he was having that issue with uh, his throwing arm right and it seemed like maybe he was kind of pushing it or, or not. Well, it but seems like that injury, out that one game. Yeah, yeah. It seems that that injury that he had, supposedly medical doctors say that it's an injury that you quite don't know that it's there until like it's completely more obvious. So it took a little digging and more investigation to show up that that injury in his on his shoulder is the issue. So according to people, I mean, they're they're praising him because he was playing through that pain and that injury. You have that, but... I'm looking at his contract here, and it it seems that the cap hit for the Cleveland Browns is going to be in next year is going to be $63,977,000. So let's round that up to $64,000,000. The same amount, 2025, $64,000,000, and then 2026, $64,000,000 again. So it's they screw themselves. It's huge. They screwed themselves, and they and they need to eat it because who's going to trade for him? And it's not like he was playing like absolutely great. Like he was playing lights out, and I'm sure there's teams that will take him. Not yeah, they will, no. but not for that amount of money though. Yeah, not for the amount of money for sure. He is a legitimate quarterback. Don't get me wrong, he is a legitimate quarterback. I had them to be almost even favorites for that division, and they were actually getting up there. I mean, today I'm sure that they would have won with Deshaun Watson as a quarterback as well against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and mm-hmm. they're just getting oh, yeah. up there little by little to be in the to compete for that first place in that division against the the Baltimore Ravens. 
Last week's yeah, game gotta, was, was the first time I saw him actually play okay. Takes time until, until mm-hmm. he. Of it, course, it, yeah. it it takes time. He's been dealing with that injury, and now obviously it's it's come back to bite them. And this is not obviously the only player that's been dealing with an injury on that team. Um, with an injury, with obviously right the the obvious with Nick Chubb. So he lost him as well. And it, like looking at your situation at this point. Whenever, like as the Cleveland Browns in their season, they're sitting number two in the AFC North, right? They're seven and three, so they're a game behind Baltimore. And they've lost against Baltimore once, but then they were able to win against them. Uh, and it was, I think it was, yeah, it says right here, 33 to 31. They got Broncos, Rams, Jaguars, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. It's just really That's how sad. their season is yeah, going. It's end. sad because the, the Browns have a really good team. They have a, an elite defense that's the that's the defense is what kept them in the game today against the pittsburgh steelers and that's yeah that's the team the well on on the football side of the defensive side is what kept them in the games and Mm -hmm. uh whatever the uh the mishaps that the offense have had you're you were mentioning that chubb went down um the running backs uh they're not as as great as chubb but they're doing they're not doing bad with ford and and hunt so mm-hmm. it's a pretty good team. I mean, you have Cooper there. You have Donovan Peoples. You have you have legitimate Joku. You have legitimate players. It's just really unfortunate that the quarterback and is went down. Three hours ago, they just signed Joe Flacco. Take that with whatever you want to do with that information. Just a veteran, um, yeah. Advice. That's all he's good for now. He he can't play. He can't play. So he got signed onto the practice squad, but he's gonna get elevated. I'm pretty sure, unless who's their third stringer? I don't think they got anybody. No, I, I, I mean two. with with the rookie that played Dorian today, Smith. and then PJ Walker, and now right, yeah, Joe Flacco. Oh right, PJ Walker too. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. You're seven and three, and now your starter goes down, and your starter quarterback and running back goes down in this season. Absolutely huge blows, and now they just got to deal with the situation they're in, and it's not easy at all. So. Let's see if they hang in there, maybe for a wildcard spot. Let's move on to the next topic, though. I want to go over to the AFC East now and obviously talk about the elephant in the room, right? Yams, you seem very frustrated with the Jets. Their season, you know, the light at the end of of the tunnel is fading away. And it's absolutely frustrating. I get you. I totally get you. I root for these guys. I like them as a team. And, you know, I had hope in Zach Wilson. Obviously, that seems to be fading as well. Clearly for Robert Saleh as well as he's undetermined with who he's going to start with next game for Black Friday. Huge game against the Miami Dolphins. The time is ticking for the New York Jets. Who on the New York Jets is to blame for the offensive struggles? You know, it is, unfortunately, it's sort of the whole organization. I bet that Woody Johnson is the one that is pressuring the GM and Coach Salah that you have to give whatever Aaron Rodgers does because since he's the guy that went on his private jet to go and visit Aaron Rodgers at his home in California to bring him in, uh, apparently Aaron Rodgers told him all, all the people that he wanted to bring in. He brought all his best friends, everything, including the backup quarterback, Lazard, uh, his coach, uh, Hackett. He brought a whole bunch of people, and it's unfortunate. It's it's not players or and individuals that actually built and make better the team like Tom Brady did when he brought in uh, Gronkowski, uh, Antonio Brown uh, to build that Tampa Bay offense. So it it just put him in a in a really bad situation when Aaron Rodgers went down because now you have Zach Wilson being really scared to throw the an interception, so he holds the ball way too long with a 
with a bad offensive line. So I'm going to be saying the fault is Woody Johnson, unfortunately. And I feel for Salah and the GM, they're probably just employees just being like, we got to do what the boss says. Unfortunately, Woody's not going to fall on the sword for this one. It, it it falls on the GM. The GM did not bring, he didn't plan this out well. You know, the old line stinks. All off the season, everyone was saying, Aaron Rodgers is going to be running for his life. This old line stinks. I need to address it. The play calling stinks. There's nothing creative in the play calling. The backup to the backup quarterback stinks. <laughs> I'm just so tired of seeing useless people being hired to do a job just because you're friends of a friend of a friend. And this is happening again to the Jets. With LaFleur, hap- right. With LaFleur. It happened with Adam G- Gaze as well because Peyton Manning t- said, go ahead and, and hire him. Recommendation. And now we have Aaron Rodgers with the Hackett thing. Brees Hall is the best player in the offense. In the offense. Mm-hmm. Last year, he went down with an injury and he had, here it's on my screen here, this year he has two touchdowns mm-hmm. only, two touchdowns, and we're in November. And last year he had four. How does that make sense? Before he got injured, like in week he got four injured. or something, right? Before he, how does that make sense? How does African make mm-hmm. sense? I'm, yeah, I'm it's, calm. It's... I need to relax. Go ahead. Someone, <laughs> someone else talk besides me. Yeah, um, it's it's tough because it's it's hard to um, successfully put the blame on the owner without a full support of the entire you know fan base and and clear. Um, I guess absolute criticism of the owner and I personally haven't seen that at all so it's going to fall on the GM it's going to fall on the GM and what what they did for this whole process to bring in Aaron Rodgers right you being a Cowboys fan you can definitely have a yeah, uh, understand I, I, I when it totally comes from the understand. owner yeah 100 percent and I know what it feels like and the owner's going to get away with it because that's just how it works and it is what it is. And now you kind of have to deal with your consequences, with with what you wanted, right? It, it seemed like a dream, right, to sign Aaron Rodgers. And you got a stacked defense. Your O-line is shaky, which was always the question ever since he came in, right? If they can protect them and keep them safe without him getting injured. And, you know, he got injured on what was it, like the third play of the first game of the entire season and now your whole plan's out the window where's your plan b where's your plan c where's your plan well d? let me ask you guys a question is that a good way to run a a team just having plan a no and if, if no i mean of course not I, exactly that's what i'm saying that's why you have second stringers that's why you have third stringers a lot of these teams don't have legitimate backups and that's what's really frustrating that teams don't think about yay if your main quarterback goes down that usually that we've seen year by year, basically your your whole season goes down the drain. So I'm really surprised yeah. that teams don't get really big-time legitimate quarterbacks. It seems like a lot of teams don't get ready for, for their plan A going down. I mean, it's happened. I mean, I mean look at Joe Burrow. Look at um, Kirk Cousins. I mean, they, they did get Dobbs, but... Yeah, and then they got lucky to get Dobbs because Dobbs wasn't in their team. He was at the Cardinal. Yeah. And it's it, you don't know what the Cardinals are going to decide. Like it, it, that once Kyler Murray comes back, that I mean, we don't need Dobbs. Like they could have kept Dobbs just in case as a backup well, to Kyler Murray. Sure, sure, but why not do something about it? Okay, after the Raiders game, it's the time to make changes, right? For example, the Bills fired Ken Dorsey, whatever his name is. He's mm-hmm. done, and now Joe Brady took over the offensive. Class. You need a spark. What do the Jets do? They 
Seems got, like they're afraid they, of Aaron Rodgers. They got rid of Michael Carter, who's a beloved character in the locker room. And then they move Hackett to the booth. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's see how that's going to work out for you. Usually when when the team gets in trouble or the coordinators get in trouble, they have to come down in the sideline, not the other way around. No, he's in the yeah. there. Let's see what you can do up there. Let's see. It's, it's ridiculous. It's really so frustrating. Stupid. It's really frustrating. It it seems like the Jets are kind of done, even with Aaron Rodgers coming back. They're because... not completely done, let me just say. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look how they're, they're playing and everything. Third, 13% in the of making the playoffs now after this loss. No, they're I understand not even that. considered fully in the hunt. I, I understand that, but we just saw the the Broncos win, and they're like in there, and, it's, and the Jets are just one game behind. So they have right. to win this Friday no, against. They're not. The they're Miami not one team. game behind. My the, the Broncos. The, Bron- the Broncos. I'm saying. Oh, from from yeah, from being in the okay, legitimate gotcha. hunt, they're just one game behind. That's that's what I'm saying. But you're supposed that's to. That's say... a tough hill to climb when your quarterback yeah. isn't even determined that, for the next yeah, that, that, game. I, I'm just saying that. Like, if you look at it on paper, like, by the numbers, they're not, like, done as of yet. But oh, yeah, if, no, if, you, of course. if you see the story and you see, like, well, what's going and what's happening with the island, you of say, course. yeah, they're pretty much done, but they're not done numbers-wise. <laughs> Hopefully I, that makes I, sense. I, I do have a question. What is it that you think about, I don't know if you saw the, the game, Aaron, but they benched Zach Wilson. It was 6-29, to 29, um, fourth quarter, right? Something like 10 minutes into the game, I think. Mm-hmm. How do you what what does that tell you? Does it tell you you know what Zach Wilson's just not doing it? Let's go ahead and see what kind of spark we get, or you know what we're done with Zach Wilson. Let's go ahead and put this awful Tim Boyle best friend of Aaron Rodgers in. Do what do what is that? What is the message that you you clearly know that Zach Wilson is not your guy? That's the as that's, as Robert Salah as Robert Salah. You're you're the head coach, and you you make that decision. You're done. You're done, and you know that your options are dwindling, right, with the quarterback position. And you know that, hey, right now, this guy's not cutting it, and I don't think he's going to cut it for the future. I don't think it was a bad decision. No, I, I know. I just think that, uh, I, I, I think, you know, good, like, okay, let's, let's try something right before the time runs out. I had this game full screen. Of course, I was watching these guys, and it was absolutely frustrating. But, um, I, like, I, I didn't know much about Boyle, um, but I was like, oh, let's see what this guy can do. <laughs> no, Boyle has been terrible. We, I mean, we've seen him in preseason and everything. And he's Aaron no, Rodgers' yeah. therapist. He, 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 he's, yeah, he's, he's, not a he's bad. Okay. But I'm going to say that with Robert Salah, he knows that Zach Wilson is not the answer. I mean, we heard him in a report, well, talking to reporters, saying that he pleads the fifth when it comes down to moving on from Zach Wilson or, like, the troubles that they have on quarterback. He pleads the fifth. That That's completely telling you that it's not his his doing of keeping Zach Wilson as quarterback. And this is where you look at the GM, right? Oh, like your, your head coach is out there putting his full face onto that screen and saying, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. (laughs) Like, what are you doing as a GM? Go out there and find your quarterback before the deadline. I wouldn't fire personally the coach or, or the GM after the season. I know it's been pretty trashy. You learn from it. You either you can move on from you can tell Aaron Rodgers, like, we can't go through this again. You saw it. I don't care if if you're if you're wishing on energy and everything that's going to be going back like better again or going into a room and darkness and have all spiritual moments to have all your friends in here still again. It's not going to happen. Like we saw what happened. We're going to learn from it. You can still keep be on board with us. And next season. And we're going to keep, we're going to give you actually better players. We're going to build off of better players. Move on from, from Lazard, from Cobb, 
build a better team because the GM has done a really good job building more players on the defensive side. He did a home run with Garrett Wilson, a home run with Brees Hall. And unfortunately, he has missed on some players. Not every GM is perfect, but he is building the team pretty well. And Coach Salah, he has an elite defense. Just get a a, a really good offensive coordinator. It's going to fall on the GM. It's going to fall on the GM. First, I eventually, it'll fall on the GM. I like Not like right now, right now, but eventually it is. Right now, the one giving face is Robert Salah. So everyone's going to say, fire that guy. Get that guy out of here. But once you start firing these guys and you keep having your issues, right, because you wanted your quarterback to have his way, right, whenever he came in, you, you put in, you, you went all in on this guy just for him to go down and you have no other options because this quarterback put you in this position, right? It's been a, it's, a it's denominator t- that for the last three years since Robert Salah has, has been the head coach, we've seen what the problem is. And it's been the quarterback. They haven't had a legitimate quarterback. If you put a legitimate quarterback in there, we don't know what this team can do. The teams Mm -hmm. that fail are the ones that fire the head coach over and over and over. And a new GM and a new head coach Mm -hmm. and a new GM and a new head coach. You can totally see that that just doesn't work. You've seen it with the the Texans, with the uh, Chicago Bears, with the Cardinals. It just doesn't work. And even the Browns as well. So, no. Let's see what Trevor Simeon can do, because I'm pretty sure he's going to get the start. It's not going to be Tim Boyle. I think it might be still Zach Wilson, maybe. But you think so? You really think so? I, I think you so. You bench him again? And, you know, second time? You know what happened but look last at, time? It's an easy cleanup. It, like you said, it was in the fourth quarter, 10 minutes, of, 10 minutes to go. It was 29-6. The game was pretty much, like, over at that point. So you yep. can just put in. I don't want to put Zach Wilson into more uh, a frustrating situation. Okay, so or, just do what and, Belichick says. Yeah, nothing was going. For exactly. Him. And what are you gonna? And then well, that's uh, it. if he answers like that, not plead the fifth or, or no, no, he but, shows he, too he, much emotion he, in his words. I mean, that's how I would answer it. There, the game yeah. was pretty much over at that point. I, there was no point of having our starting quarterback there. I did evaluate the situation. I did, I wanted to uh, uh, talk with Zach Wilson and figure things out and to put him into a better situation and and moving on to Miami. There you go. We shall see. Right. <laughs> we should move along to the next main topic here with the AFC North and another big elephant in the room with Joe Burrow. He's out for the rest of the season you heard that right he's out for the rest of the season Bengals are sitting fourth in the AFC South North sorry my bad with a five and five record it's not looking pretty you got obviously they're one game behind third and then they're two behind for second and it's not looking good it's not looking good are the Cincinnati Bengals done without Burrow if the backup quarterback of Joe Burrow can't get it done, then yeah, it's it's done. Unfortunately, this is a quarterback league. Uh, if if you have a quarterback that actually is uh, uh, can make some throws, gets you some first downs, and not throw away the games, then you can do it. And this backup quarterback, Allen, I'm not sure if he can do that. Honestly, I saw I saw them play against uh, Baltimore Ravens, and it's just not the same. They struggle with Joe Burrow in there. I'm sure that they'll even struggle even more with this backup quarterback. Yeah, you Browning. Can. Browning, you can have said any, anything. It, it Browning, better. I'm sorry, I don't know why Browning? I said that one. Well, yeah, Jake Browning. It's plain and simple. It's kind of old for the Bengals. If Joe Burrow can do it, this backup is not going to be able to win this division. The division is going to the Ravens. Or Browns. Ravens. Or Browns. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's really hard to, again, you guys kind of put it well. It's it's a quarterback league. Your quarterback goes down. It's kind of hard to recover uh, unless, you know, in a rare case where you kind of do. But this doesn't seem to be the case. Obviously, we need to see more from Browning. And if you see their next coming games, we got the Steelers, right, which is an in-division game. And this is really important for them. They cannot lose this if they want to stay in the fight for a playoff spot. And then they got some pretty competitive games uh, every now and then. Jaguars, the Vikings are in there, and then the Steelers again. They, they go against them twice. And then they got the Chiefs and Browns. So it's to to see that list, and then you got you know, Burrow on IR for the rest of the year. Ah, yeah, yeah. How do you look at this and stay calm as a coach, right? And I'm sure they got to figure out their ways, but they got to adjust to that. And okay, adjust to what you can do with this quarterback and what his strengths are and kind of play around it. But it's it's easier said than done. I would probably say that, yeah, they're pretty much done for this season, unfortunately. Um, Maybe next year. That's all I'm going to say. But let's move on to the extras now. I want to shift on over to the Chargers and talk about them a little bit. So I'm going to throw this question right away. What should the Chargers do with head coach Brandon Staley? I think he's going to stick around until the end of the season. I think it's pretty clear that he knows that he is in the hot seat, given the way he reacted in that press conference, kind of going back and forth with one of the reporters. It's over for him. This is the last season for him. I don't think they're going to do any mid-season firing. It's going to be until the end of the season. I would fire him. I would fire him tonight and saying that's over. And I would put in Kellen Moore as an interim head coach. Kellen Moore, he has uh, made the offense uh, pretty, I mean, he has a really good offense there, but it seems that the defense, can, just with great players, they can't get it done. And the problem is, is the head coach. Coach Staley, he's the defensive-minded coach. He calls the plays, and he just can't get it done. Coach Staley has a, Merce- no, let me say this. Coach Staley has a Ferrari, and he's the driver, and he doesn't know how to drive. That's the situation. This team is a legitimate, great, like it has the best weapons offensively and defensively, and he just doesn't know how to drive the car. You got to get rid of him. Yeah, you you definitely have to look at him as the first guy mm-hmm. to get rid of on, on this team, right? So for him, it's kind of over with. I do kind of like the idea of Kellen Moore taking over and see what he has. Especially when you're sitting last in your division, right? And you got Kansas City number one. And it's kind of close between maybe getting a wild card spot here. So do what you can and fire this guy, preferably sooner rather than later, right? Because your your season, you know, it's it's going to look worse, I think, if this guy stays as a head coach. And he seemed very frustrated in his press conference, right? About the whole, like, defensive calls and, and whatever. But you got to move on from this guy. It's it's awful. How do you have that much talent and are sitting last in your division? It's unacceptable. So they got to get rid of him. What about Zach Wilson? <laughs> Should the Jets move on from Zach Wilson? I say no. And only because everything about the offense is just broken. It's broken. The O-line stinks, like I said. it's It just stinks. You know, I, I'd rather see Hackett go before I see Zach Wilson go. There's no other quarterback that get, they can turn to that's better. Tim Boyle is not good. Trevor Simeon, we've, had, we've seen him struggle 
year of, over year. So the best legitimate thing is Zach Wilson. But you as a coordinator, as a as a team, as a coach, head coach, you got to change the offense and put some quarterback draws. You got to move this kid's uh, legs. You got to do some some options. I don't see any RPOs. All I see is him holding the ball and do and just having horrible screens. So you got to keep him, but fix the offense. This was the same team that was able to beat the Eagles. Again, I'll say that again. This was the same team that was able to beat the Eagles. They can figure this out. They just got to make the proper adjustments. Zach Wilson isn't the definitive answer to the future of this team, but you got to look at your now, and your now is Zach Wilson. So you got to play around the strengths and adjust your offensive play calling. I don't know if Hackett has it in him, but we'll see. Let's end it off with our fantasy updates in week 12 picks, but we'll start off with the fantasy updates since we have a couple of injuries that went around, sadly, this past week for week 11. What do you have for us? Yeah, fantasy pickups for week 12. We'll start off with Jaden Reed. He's the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He's rostered in 36% of leagues. Uh, he has delivered two straight games with double-digit games. So if you need a wide receiver with two with double-digit points in your in your fantasy league i would pick him up next we have odell beckham jr he is rostered in 29 percent of leagues uh, he just had 116 receiving yards this last game now with mark andrews being out for the ravens they're gonna have to look into their wide receiver core so you might need to pick him up but i can't promise you that he'll <laughs> that he'll play every week thirdly and lastly i have zach charbonnet Kind of like wine. I don't know why I think of that, but he's the running back for the Seahawks. He's rostered in 44% of leagues. Since Kenneth Walker III went out of the game, he I believe he was knocked out. Uh, we I would just monitor the situation with him because if he's out, then he's going to be the lead running back for that team. That's it, guys. That it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> just making sure. Yep. What about uh, the, the week 12? So this is with the Thanksgiving and Black Friday games. What do you have for us uh, for week 12? Yeah, week 12 picks. So let's start off with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving morning, we have the Green Bay Packers against the Detroit Lions. The Green Bay Packers just came out of a win against the Chargers, but the Chargers have really deep issues there. Uh, I would just get rid of that head coach now. Uh, and the Lions, they just came up for an impressive win against the Chicago Bears. It looked like they were going to be losing that game, but... Jared Goff, credit to him and the offensive and the offensive players, they actually took the win. So I'm going to be taking the Lions for this game. For the Thanksgiving afternoon game, we have the Cowboys against the Commanders. I mean, this one's easy pick for me. It's the Cowboys. They have an elite defense. Uh, they the Commanders can make it legitimate. Uh, uh, competitive but I just saw them struggle with the New York Giants and the Cowboys destroy the New York Giants twice I don't see any anything that the commanders can do can actually bid the Cowboys but you never know but I'll be picking the Cowboys Thursday night Thanksgiving I will be no let me try that again <laughs> Thursday <laughs> night football for Thanksgiving it's the 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks Another game that is just going to be a divisional game with the 49ers dominating the Seattle Seahawks. We don't even know if Geno Smith is going to be playing. Uh, they have some off, uh, running back issues with Kenneth Walker going down. And the 49ers are just elite offensively and defensively. Maybe they're the best team of the league. So I'm picking the 49ers. 
Black Friday, we have the Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. This is another divisional game. Miami Dolphins just beat the Raiders. They did struggle in the beginning. They're sort of like a little fluky team, but I do think that they are capable enough to beat the Jets. The Jets have to do a big-time overhaul in the offense because they are just a disaster in the offense. So I'm going to be picking the Dolphins. The Buffalo Bills against the Minnesota... I'm sorry. It's the Buffalo Bills against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a good game because we saw the Buffalo Bills just win a good game against the New York Jets. Well, not a great game for the Jets, actually. But um, it seems that with the new coordinator, they were able to move the ball easier. And the Eagles, is this, they're just the elite. They're just an elite team. I'm going to be picking the Eagles because I do believe that they just have more experience in keeping that consistent winning percentage. Sunday night football, we have the Baltimore Ravens against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, we've been talking about them so many times. They have so many issues. Again, I'm going to repeat it so many times. Fire the head coach daily. Fire the head coach daily. Baltimore Ravens, uh, they did lose Mark Andrews, but they do have a really good offense with Lamar Jackson, um, Zay Flowers, and Odell Beckham. So I'm going to be picking the Ravens. Lastly, we have Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears against the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be a really good game. It's a division rival. Fields is back. He played really well against the Detroit Lions. Uh, he has, has so much speed. Uh, he does have his flaws, but I think he's going to make it very competitive. And, and the Vikings with Dobbs, they did get, almost win a close one against the Broncos. Uh, for this case, I am going to be taking the Vikings because I do believe Justin Jefferson may be back for this one. And I think he's going to be the spark to win this game. If not, then I'll be looking to pick the Bears. It's going to be some good games for this week. And the time's ticking for some of these guys. Um, something to watch, too. I know Houston's going against Jacksonville, and that's a divisional game, too. And this is going to be pretty important because... If I'm not mistaken, Houston's one game behind from number one spot. I think you're becoming a Houston Texans fan. I know. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I, I'm just watching what's going on in, in the AFC South. <laughs> for, list, for, and, for anybody listening, he's a Cowboys fan, but he does live in Houston. So I think a little bit of a spark is going into that. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I got to watch these guys. I got to watch these guys. They've been pretty impressive. Uh, although this is probably yes. CJ Stroud's worst game with the when they went against uh, went against the Cardinals, sorry, but again but they still won. Yeah, no, I he threw a pick and then he came back and win the game. Three I picks. mean, three picks. I mean, jeez, Maniz, yeah. this kid. I mean, I really, really like his determination that he actually picked himself up and just went at it again. And he finds his right receiver, his his white uh, tank, I believe. Um, tank Dell, Tank, tank Dell uh, from from think, U of H, from U of by H. The way. <laughs> so. I mean, I can't. I, this is a this is a team that can get better. Maybe not this year. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl, but maybe in two years, they can be a really legitimate contender. Uh, Devin Singletary uh, had a pretty good game again. Also talking about fantasy too. So this is definitely a game to watch for me, especially you know because again, you guys mentioned it, but it's just so interesting to me because these guys were a rebuilding team. Nobody thought they were going to get this far, and now they're sitting six and four, a game behind Jacksonville. So something to watch there. But I'm sure at the end of the day, Jacksonville will take it over and go into the playoffs further, obviously, than Houston. But who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Um, that's going to be it, though, for this episode. So thank you guys for listening to the very end. And we'd love to see you guys giving your opinion with us on our social media, which is football underscore tailgaters on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Thank you guys again for listening. 
and we'll see you guys in the next episode.